0: Six thirty, Chad. Inside sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.
1: St. Louis Blues knock off the Edmonton Oilers two one. The St. Louis Blues controlled the game for the most part, but the Oilers made it interesting at the end. But ultimately, could not pull even. We'll start. With the end of this game, Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins, thanks a lot for joining us tonight. Heartland Ford overtime open line. So James Neal scored with a minute 50 to go with Miko Koskinen on the bench for an extra attacker. Zach Cassian had an original chance in front off a centering pass, and took a swipe at it. Allen was uh, well out of his crease. The puck bounced off, I think, both of them, and went off. Eventually, went off to Neal, who shot it in. While that was happening, Cassian. Uh, basically ran over Allen so the Blues challenged it unsuccessfully for goaltender interference now this is a topic we have debated a lot I've made my feelings about video review clear the NHL is not gonna probably not gonna listen to me it's always that sliver of hope Rob but so whatever this happens Rob as you know I go to the rule book I know exactly where to find it online i know exactly where the page is but with goaltender interference uh because uh we use it so much so it's rule 69.4 and it says if an attacking player initiates any contact with a goalkeeper other than incidental contact while the goalie is outside the crease the goal will be disallowed so other than incidental contact, so what the, the officials would have ruled on that play, and I'm sure we'll get debate from uh, from you know fans of hockey in general. But the NHL would have ruled that it was incidental contact. Allen was outside his crease. Cassian was trying to score a goal. They ran into each other, so the goal stands. That's how I believe the NHL interpreted that play.
2: Well, the the pass was made from Leon to Cassian in front, and Allen was way, He was came out quite a ways because he thought that rightfully or normally so that Leon would shoot from there. So he came out to take away the angle and the puck came and Cassian actually had the entire open net. Now it was a hard deflection. It looked like it might have hit his stick first and possibly his leg or something, but it didn't go in the net. But he, the way he was going, he was going towards Leon, the same place that Allen was. His momentum as he was looking down at the puck took him into Allen as Allen turned to come back. Uh, the puck went to Neil and then Neil shot it into the empty net. So, Right away, there was confusion on the ice, and Alan was hit. He was hit by Cassian.
1: It was obvious. Yeah, he knows. So he's looking at the ref. He's looking he was at was pointing the ref. goal. Yep. They, they called it a goal on the ice.
2: So then they showed the replay a few times. They showed the bench, and you and I started talking, and we were like, okay, I'm not exactly sure the rule, but the, but he's outside of the crease. Now, I'm not sure the rule, but I'm not a coach in the National Hockey League. There's, the coaches have to know what the rule is, and you just talked about it. Incidental. And it was certainly incidental because Kassian um, at that point was looking at the puck going off his stick. He's trying to score. So it was completely incidental. So if I'm Craig Berube there, and this is what we talked about, I do not challenge that because it's a risk-reward thing. The reward, it's 2 nothing. Good, the game is over. The risk, it's 2-1, and you put the best power play in the league on a power play, with a pulled goalie for six and 4 for the remainder of the game, that's too big a risk to challenge. It's one thing to do it in the middle of the hockey game, but not at the end of the game. You still have a 2-1 lead if you let the goal stand. Your team has played outstanding. you would given up very, very little at that point. But the risk was too big. And it was a... I give credit to the referees here. That might have been the quickest review that we've seen in, in the five, six years we've worked together. It was very to them. So obviously, the rule they said no, it's incidental, incidental, no, no penalty, and a penalty now going to the Edmonton or excuse yep. me to the St. St. Louis, Louis Blues. So I, I to me Craig Baruby, uh, that was a mistake made by the St. Louis Blues.
1: And that's an interest an, another interesting layer to the video challenge because it, now you know at first it was you can challenge, mm-hmm. and then they added one. You know, it was delay of game for goalie interference. Now it's delay of game for for anything. So, you, it, because when it was just losing a timeout, most line. coaches would risk yeah. risk that, even if it's in the first or second period. So that's that's another layer to it. Uh, and again, I'm not a huge fan of it. I, I like the review for the goal line technology. I can do without a lot of this, but it's part of the game, and it's another decision a coach has to make on top of on top of everything else. But so, yeah, uh, the Blues yeah. hang on to win it 2-1.
2: And it's one that the refs got right. They got right from the get go, and. In all of that, because there was a whole lot going on there, the one thing, and you pointed out, and it's true, that was an incredible shot by James Neal. James Neal's whole body was completely below the goal line. His stick was barely above the goal line and he fired as he was moving away from the net and puts the puck in the net. That was a great shot from James Neal who put his 16th of the season in the net.
1: All right, so 2-1 St. Louis wins. The Oilers fall to 19-14-4 and four on the season, just one win in their last six, 1-4-1 over that span. So they win 2-1 in Dallas on Monday, lose 2-1 in St. Louis tonight. So a, a lot of discussion about the end. It was wild. Dreisaitl hit the post with uh, 19 seconds to go. The Oilers got some pressure in the final 45 seconds especially uh, could not find the tying goal but despite that this was a game st louis owned um you know they, they had the shot advantage in the first period they had the territorial advantage uh but the oilers had a couple of good looks and i thought okay you know st louis was better but the oilers are hanging around it was all st louis in the second period all st louis
2: well, the one, the only problem St. Louis had in the second period is they weren't capitalizing and extending the lead. Uh, this game could have been put out of reach a few times. If, the, if St. Louis... Well, actually, it was put out of reach, obviously, when they got to two since Edmonton never got there. But if it would have got to three or four, which it could have easily have been, the Oilers would have deflated and lost all life in this hockey game. This is the way St. Louis plays. They don't score a lot, but they don't give up a lot. And they as a team just make fewer mistakes than you do and in this game uh and they won by a two to one margin the mistakes were probably five to one for the oilers i mean the oilers made a ton of mistakes they created st louis chances by turning the puck over and i said with bob at the end of the game st louis is a good team that knows how to win so every time they got to the red line unless they were on an odd man break they dumped the puck in and chased and if the guy on the left wing crossed the red line with the puck and it wasn't an odd man break. The guy on the far right side was going full speed because he knew I don't have to stop at the blue line because as soon as he gets to the red line he's dumping it in. That's how you get a good forecheck going. The Oilers on the other hand, they came across and you you mentioned five or six times they ran into each other. Yeah. They turned the puck over. They they the St. Louis Blues they get their their one goal on the breakaway by Shen was a turnover. A number of other times St. Louis came back with with good breaks, good offensive opportunities because Edmonton refused to throw the puck in. And St. Louis, you're playing into their strengths. And they showed a lot in the videos after the plays. They're showing an oiler would have the puck. They'd be facing the defenseman who was standing up tight on them with back pressure coming on them, and the other defenseman sliding over. So you were just being enveloped by two, three St. Louis players you couldn't make a play there was no room out on the ice that's how you win championships and the st louis blues proved that last
3: year
1: yeah they, they looked very good tonight uh, i mean really the second period they controlled and the third period they they didn't get as many scoring chances but you know like you said very good checking just containing the oilers um and, and you know the second goal and uh, tip said this earlier in the season about a couple of goals against by the oilers the back checker is there but he's not there mm-hmm. and mcdavid is there with his guy, but he's not tying him up. He's not giving him a little bit of the body. He's not putting a stick on him. So, you know, McDavid races back, and he's he's back in the play, but he's not finishing the play, and uh, and the guy, he's checking scores. Well,
2: two things. A, he doesn't have a stick on him, and B, he doesn't get on the defensive side of him. Right. Because, again, if he passes him while the puck comes out, he's going to get the puck first. So it, it wasn't a great back check by him, and you're letting a, you're letting a guy who's not going to create a goal-scoring chance by himself But if you don't take away the passing lane, if you don't take away the stick, he's capable of putting the puck in the net, and he did.
1: 2-1, the Blues win it. Miko Koskinen for the Oilers makes 42 saves. He has stopped 76 of 79 shots over the last two games. And uh, because in house uh, at the Enterprise Center today, Alan Shannon, Bomeister were stars one, two, and three. Pretty simple for us to make Coskin in the fourth star of the game for White Eagle Homes, built from the homeowner's perspective with thousands of personalization options. Visit whiteeaglehomes.ca. He got help on the one play from Larson, who made a great block to take away an open net, but. Uh Man, it's tough. I mean, I mean, Koskinen, what more do you want from him tonight? Like th- He was excellent.
2: Two outstanding starts on the road in two very tough buildings to play in, in both Dallas and St. Louis. I, I mean, three goals against in two games. Uh, Koskinen did his job uh, on this short little road trip and has given them uh, opportunities to gain points. And uh, what is that, 9 out of 12 now that he's played? He started
1: 9 of the last 12.
2: And I, I think that the way he's playing, you're going to continue to see... They'll split get, the next two. Yep, they'll split them. I would, I would imagine you'll see Smith against Pittsburgh, A, because he's already had a very successful game against him this year, and B, Pittsburgh's a beat-up team right now. So Montreal may be the stronger of the two teams coming in this weekend.
1: Another thing that gave the Oilers at least a chance tonight despite being outplayed was their penalty kill. Now, the Oilers' power play had their run of scoring an eight-straight game snap. It was 0 for 4. The Blues were 0 for 5. They had a 90-second power play early in the second period so Edmonton's Edmonton's penalty killing you know again able to give them a chance a lot of nights it's been able to help them win but they they can't score enough tonight but the PK strong and uh, you know we're almost halfway through the season well, the, he can kind of get more into evaluating Ken Holland's moves over over the summer into the fall he added depth players I mean the Oilers are still sorely lacking in support scoring other guys who can pressure the puck and keep the puck alive like the Blues can. They're still sorely lacking in those those areas. He added depth guys, he was hoping for two things from them that they would kill penalties and maybe they could get around double digits in goals well nobody's really not enough of them are on that pace offensively but they have been good penalty killers
2: Well you you and I have talked a lot about a perfect third or excuse me, a perfect fourth line would have Sheehan and Archibald and Kara on it. Right. Fourth lines aren't supposed to score goals very often but if they can penalty kill and be in the top three or four in the National Hockey League, well, then you've got something going for you. And that's what right now the Oilers have. They've got an outstanding penalty killing unit led by three guys that are on their, their fourth line. so uh, the, the job they did again tonight, uh, and, and we're seeing it over and over and over again, not only they're not getting scored on, they're not giving up grade A scoring chances. The Oilers actually, now I don't have stats in front of me. But just watching the games seem to give up more five on five grade A scoring chances than they do shorthanded ones. That's a good point. So, I mean, they don't get very they don't give a lot up. So, they're doing a great job. And obviously, the five on three kill for a minute and a half uh, allowed the Oilers to stay in this game long enough to make it interesting at the end of the game.
1: All right, 2 1, the Blues win it. Let's go back to St. Louis. Here's head coach Dave Tippett.
4: Conference leading St. Louis Blues. You guys go toe to toe, but just couldn't get one right at the end.
1: Yeah, we, we were on our heels in the
0: second period we, with the amount of penalties we took and uh, turned one over to, uh, to give them the break they needed to to get a lead, and then we kind of chased the game from there. And, uh, kept pushing, but just couldn't get enough. Koskinen was excellent, kept us in the game, so a little disappointing that we, uh, we couldn't find a way to manufacture a little more offense.
4: Is it a little bit more disappointing when you get a... Result like that from from your crease and the the, the poems that he put yeah, out there. When the goaltender's
0: that good, oh, you know, he gives you a chance to win. You'd like to do a little more in, in front of him for him. So that's certainly an issue. We'd like to, uh, you know, we're just looking for. We need to make a few more plays that that get up the ice cleaner. And you, know, you give St. Louis some credit. I mean, they chuck well, but we got to make some cleaner plays. Get ourselves some some plays that get us up the ice with some speed.
1: Coach, in regards to the power play, did you feel like there were opportunities there for you guys to capitalize? I think it ended up being over 5.
0: Uh, you know what? I'd like to see us shoot the puck a little more, but that being said, you know, our power play has been pretty good all year, so you uh, you, know, you have some looks, and some nights they go in, some nights they don't. The
5: early in the third, that was a,
0: just a typical Blues goal. Guy worked behind the net. They found a guy in the back. Turn it over at the offensive blue line works back to behind our net we miss our check we, we the rush read isn't very good on it we miss our check behind the net and then three dry saddle misses uh, should have stopped in front and then cassian could have stopped in front and mcdavid came all the way from the other end and was late late you know so we that's you protect the net your net front you're fine there but we didn't do that um. What do you learn from, You obviously learn from every game, what do you learn yeah. when you play that team? Well, you learn how, you know, how hard they compete on pucks, how the puck battles are a big part of the game against them. And uh, if you're not willing to engage in those battles and make plays, hard plays out of those battles, you're going to be chasing the game. And that's where we were tonight. Is it hard to play that style? To me, you're for a player, it would seem to be hard even for them to play that style for a full 60. That's how you win. If you play that style, you win more than you lose. They're the champions for a reason. And your team play like that? You do some games. Well, we, we try some games, but, you know, that's there's some games you're better at it than others.
1: All right, there's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. The Oilers fall 2-1 to the St. Louis Blues. The Oilers are now 19-14-4 on the season. The Blues have won four straight excellent on home ice. 12, 4, and 3. We were talking about Koskinen. and we should give a nod to Jake Allen as well. He wound up with uh, 35 saves to be the winning goaltender tonight. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, you can go to 630chett.com, look for the Japanese Village Goal Light. Print up a coupon for a free appetizer at a Japanese village. AAA steak and succulent seafood cooked at your table. Celebrate your senses. You can get us by calling or texting 780-496-0063. Rob writing in, he says the Oilers are still not shooting at the right time. Too many pucks turned over at the Blues blue line. Well,
2: you're absolutely right about the pucks being turned over. That, to me, was the biggest reason that the Oilers lost this game tonight. They just they created sc- uh, offensive opportunities for St. Louis because their unwillingness to put pucks in deep, They there was no sustained pressure through the first 50 minutes of the game because they didn't get pucks in deep. As for shooting more, yeah, the Oilers did pass up some chances on the power play. But then again, if you look at the St. Louis Blues, they certainly did too.
1: All right, we'll go to Jared on line one. Jared, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Uh, I've got a, a couple comments and a question for Rob. Is When
3: I watch this game tonight, I just think of, The Oilers giving the St. Louis' defensemen way too much respect. And they're bigger defensemen. They have some mobility, but when defensemen get that big, they simply can't move the puck as quickly as a smaller defenseman. And I remember when Chicago was playing Philadelphia and then in the Stanley Cup Finals. And when Chicago finally started throwing the puck into Chris Pronger's corner, and there was one game where I think Pronger was minus six, that was the turning point of that series. So tonight, like everyone said, that you know they're turning the pucks over in the blue uh, the blue line. But no, no defenseman hates it more than when you throw it into their corner and you put the heat on. They'll start to cough, cough up the puck. But the Oilers did none of that. For Conor McDavid or title to come down on a Pareko or bowlingster, he's not going They're not going to beat that defenseman one on one unless they catch him flat footed. But there's just way too much respect, and that's why they could they couldn't get any sustained pressure. And the other thing is is um, question for rob is it, with the way the others are playing now and in the future do you see them as more of like a four checking team or a puck possession team where they're chipping it in more dump and chase and playing more physical or do you see them where they are more of like how the detroit red wings played in the in the mid uh, later 90s where they hold on to the puck and only when they get an opportunity do they attack well the way
2: the team is right now they can't do that they don't have enough talent up front they've got you know when leon and connor play together they have one line that's capable of scoring off the rush and really that's it this is a team i mean st louis they got to play like st louis put the puck in behind the defenseman get in on their forecheck force the defense to make turnovers be tenacious um yeah, I, I, to be a good team nowadays in the National Hockey League, you got to have good game management. And I don't think the Oilers had that tonight. But I, I think the Oilers uh, are probably going to be a chip-and-chase type of team on lines 2, 3, and 4. And line 1 will have the option of doing uh, what they feel at the right time to, to be able to do. But they don't have enough talent right now to hold on to the puck like the Detroit Red Wings did in their heyday.
3: So you would say that style that Detroit... Uh, played of like controlling the puck that's far more advanced than any kind of chip and chase or, or mm-hmm. just cycling type of game.
2: Well, yeah, you, you need guys that are capable of carrying the puck and, and, and turning the puck back and making plays. And outside of three players up front, the others don't have that. They don't, they've got, you know, they got the guys like Neil and Chase on and Gandhi, not fleet of foot. Those are guys that you want to put the puck in the corner and start working down low, and, and that's how they're going to be effective. Neil's a big, strong body. Chason's a big, sp- strong body. Kara, big, strong guy. Those guys aren't going to be successful, you know, carrying the puck and trying to make plays. They're going to be successful by getting in them on the forecheck, being heavy, and then creating turnovers down
1: below the goal line. Jared, it's great to hear from you, buddy. It's been too long. Thanks for calling in. Take it easy. Bye bye. That is Jared checking in. Blues beat the Oilers tonight 2 1. Final shots 44 36. The Oilers made it uh, a little closer by getting 18 shots to St. Louis's 10 in uh, the third period. We have Brian from Red Deer who's listening in, uh, how do you, is it Papua New Guinea? Is that how you say it? I it's think It's not so. spelled that way, but you just say Yeah, it, I think Papa? that's, yeah. Oh, Someone like... will correct me if, I, if I'm wrong. Uh, this, he, Brian, so thank. first of all, thanks for listening. That from is pretty cool. Probably list, he's either listening online or he has like the best AM radio in the world. It was like built in the 70s and still lasts. Very, very long antenna. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He's got got two hangers (laughs) attached to each other. That's right. Um, Brian says it's great to have the two best players in the the league while on offense, however, really frustrating because sometimes – uh, sometimes they are good defensive players, but at times they coast back on the back check. If Connor, if Connor used the same speed coming back on defense as he uses on the rush, he would be in front of his man instead of uh, behind them without a stick on him. Yeah, it's a good point. We, we talked about that earlier, and that's you know something I... You know, look, that's a common criticism. Well, the guy's a good offensive player, but how is he in his own end? That, that's usually the part of the game offensive players have to learn because when you're playing in junior or as a kid you can swoop you can swoop mm-hmm. back steal the puck with one hand and get a breakaway the other way tip it always as he said tonight he referenced and he also used the phrase you know stop on puck mm-hmm. stop in front of the net and sometimes even even if you don't tie up your guy in front of the net the pass just might hit you and not get to the guy. You're, you're in the way. Right. You, you crowd the front That's of the net. That's why so many shots are blocked, because guys just stand there.
2: Yeah, I mean, good defensive hockey has you on the defensive side of the player. It has you stopping and starting every time. Uh, I mean, we saw... The last was a game at home ice where the, the Maple Leafs had the 2-on-0 where the the Oilers were in front of the net, and then they just swooped and went and turned to the wings looking for an outlet pass, and the puck ends up going back in front. Um, yeah, it, your your best players have to be your best players with habits because then the rest of the team will follow. I mean, I remember Steve Eisenman was the best defensive player they had in Detroit, and so you're on the bench. You're like, well, if Steve's doing it... I, Guess we better do it too because that's a an MVP. So uh, there were some makes mistakes made defensively tonight. For the most part, uh, you like what Leon and Connor have done in their own zone, but there have been lapses just like there has been with just about every player on their team.
1: All right, so that'll be our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. We will call a, a quick timeout. Fred and Cam up next. Next on the phone lines, you're also going to hear from the Nuge Overtime Open Line, courtesy Heartland Ford. Speeding through the neutral zone. Sankos crosses One-timer. Strolling blocker save made by Koskinen. A gorgeous denial of David Perron. Well, Kellen Kennedy... Working on the other side of the window tonight, operating the board had a lot of options for Miko Koskinen. To save the game, courtesy Jiffy Lube, B-Wise Winterize. Koskinen makes 42 stops but takes the loss. His record falls to 12-6-2. St. Louis holding off Edmonton 2-1. They were clearly the better team, but Edmonton got a late goal, got a late power play on a failed challenge by the Blues, made a charge but uh, could not tied up so the orders go one and one on this uh, brief two game road trip we have Fred on line three go ahead Fred
3: hey how's it going boys oh good how are you uh, excellent the penalty kill was unbelievable tonight that five on three St. Louis didn't even get a shot on that five on three
1: they, they did get a couple yep but they, they didn't get a ton uh, Peter Angel, he's going to be a UFE this year is he not is it this summer or next summer I think it's this summer, think,
2: is it? I think I think you're right. I'm not positive. I think you're right. He's a pretty good hockey player, Annie. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's one thing they can do. That St. Louis D can bomb the puck, I tell well, you. There was one shot, it was I think it was Peter Angelo's shot it that it was so loud like we were in this little room here at 630 Chad. Like we jumped. I'm like, "Holy smokes, how loud must that have been in the arena cuz both him and Pareko and Falk all can just pound the puck. They have a very good defense. Yeah, very it is, good.
3: It is after this year. What are the odds of St. Louis not
2: signing them? Probably low. I mean, he's their captain. He is. He's uh, their well. He's still their best defenseman. How old is he now, Reed? Close to thirty.
1: Going to be thirty. Sorry, he's going to be thirty on January 18th. He was born January 18th, 1990. So
2: to me, you got another four really good years out of him. I mean. he, he's a difference maker. So uh, if I'm the St. Louis Blues, I'm pulling out the checkbook and sign him, give him whatever he wants because he's the captain of the Stanley Cup championship team.
3: Fred? He is, but we got another guy out of St. Louis back 06.
1: Is there any <laughs> chance <laughs> in hell
3: of getting Peter Angelo here?
1: I don't know. I, 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 I would think they're going to keep him, and I, I understand why you're asking, Fred, and the Oilers are going to have to add to the roster, but that's – that's why they're in the spot they're in because they're, they haven't had enough homegrown talent. And then you're trying to pull off a trade or. Well, you're not going to trade them. Sign because somebody or. St. Louis? Or, no, I'm not. They're, they're not going to trade. In general. But
2: then you start, I mean, signing them. I mean, Darnell Nurse is. Uh, now, Bob said $8 million, $6 to $8 million for Darnell Nurse. Peter Angel, he's going to command $8 million. I, I don't know if you got cap space let alone if that's where he wants to go. But, yeah, it's he, he would make any team he went to instantly better.
1: All right, Fred, we're going to finish the play with you. You already have up to eight days parking at JetSet Parking, the best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online at jetsetparking.com. Self-park as low as $5.98 per day with the promo code CHED. O'Reilly is able to work it up the wall, inadvertently put it back in his own zone and gave Cassian a chance. Here's Neil getting it back to Cassian.
6: Wrist shot score! And the Oilers are right back in this game.
1: All right, Fred, two players mentioned in that highlight, Neil and Cassian. Which one played his five hundredth NHL game tonight?
3: Uh well that would have to be uh Neil.
7: Sorry, or, that, or, or Cassian. No, actually it was
3: Cassian, wasn't
1: it? Your name goes into the grand prize draw for one hour at Fast Track Indoor Karting. Stay on the line, Fred. That's valued at 1000 bucks. Safe, adrenaline-pumping, fun, FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. Game number 500 for Zach Cassian. All right, got to do a quick break for the news and weather. More of your reaction. More Oilers post-game interviews all coming up. They fall 2-1 to the St. Louis Blues. Overtime open line, courtesy Heartland Ford on Oilers and Eskimos Radio. 630, Chet. All right, 2-1. The Blues beat the Oilers. As we check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer, looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Colorado, a 4-1 win over Chicago, and it is the Devils winning on home ice, 3-1 against Anaheim. Oilers lose 2-1 to the Blues, just those three games tonight. Ice Castle's Brad writing in. He says, Larson made an amazing stop partway through the game. In my understanding, though, the shot doesn't count as a shot on goal because since a player rather than a goalie stopped it. Is that correct? It is. And Brad also says, has there ever been talk of blocked shots or posts counting as regular shots, or is this where shot attempts come in? Yes, uh, that is where shot attempts come in. So if a a shot is blocked, the player who blocked it will get credit, even if it was for sure going in, or if he blocks it two feet inside the blue line. It's a blocked shot. And then anything that hits the post or goes wide, if you look at the... um, event summary sheet you can get off NHL.com if a shot hits the post or going wide it is count as a missed shot and that is the MS column.
2: I always laughed at the ones that hit post where they're not considered a shot on goal yet the one that hits the chest of the goalie that has absolutely zero chance going in
1: is considered a shot on net. The attempts, so the attempts tonight were 65-48 for St. Louis. The actual shots on net were 44-36. So yeah,
2: Edmonton had a late surge. They got they must have I think they had a lot of shot attempts and shots in the last in minute. In the last of 40. couple of minutes,
1: yeah. yeah, for sure, with the with the goalie on the bench. Two one, St. Louis wins it. That was Yoda Town scoreboard for Edmonton trailer. My goodness, JP has called in tonight. Go ahead, JP.
7: Hello Reed. Hello Rob, how are you guys? Good. Fantastic, fantastic. I just want to get down to brass tacks. Tough loss. Tough loss. I mean we are in uh of time right now, but you know what? Listen, I'm not too concerned. Not too concerned, because a lot of time in the last few years, we were we were out of the playoff this year. Now we are still in the fight for, for, for number one. So we're in a slump. Calm down everyone. Christmas around the corner. There's a lot of cheer. You know what I'm saying? I want to get down the brass tacks right now, though. If you guys don't mind. Adam Larser. Adam Larser. This guy... Adam Larson has been a new defenseman in my mind in the last four, say three to four, maybe five games. Uh, He is a mean guy in the corner, confident, making plays, doing everything right. Everyone all over Larson. this guy's been through a lot in the last few years. Let's get down to it, you guys. Down to brass tacks. This guy's been through a lot of personnel, a lot of injury. I like his game. Of, of late in the last few games but also let's get down to brass tacks Rob Christmas is around the corner I mean we are talking less than the week almost or maybe a week I don't know at this point a week
2: yeah it's on the 25th I no, this year yeah. I, well,
7: I have no autograph and uh, I you know, I don't know what to do I'm hoping me stocking or, or a gift will I can open on Christmas day a Rob Brown Rob Brown autograph this would make me Christmas, the best Christmas of all time. If you don't mind, Rob, please do some homework and, you know, get the autograph me way. If you don't mind, this is my all last.
2: Well, you maybe my one last. day JP. We, we sit down with a bottle of wine, two glasses, and
7: figure out how to write some, my name down. My goodness. Well, we might get the R after. If we're lucky. If we're lucky. All right. Merry Christmas, Thank you, JP. you guys. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year.
1: That is JP. Sorry if I sound a little off. I just sat on a brass tack. (laughs) That would hurt,
2: a brass tack. You need one of those... Shots afterwards. What are you, you, tetanus shot? Yeah, you need a tetanus shot after that.
1: Oilers lose 2-1 to the Blues. $25 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous for Ascendant Financial. When the name of the game is life, there's Ascendant Financial. Visit CoveredAlberta.ca. 25 bucks for every goal throughout the season. Had a great delivery day for 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous this uh, this past Saturday. Thanks to everybody who helped out. Cam is calling in as well. Go ahead, Cam. Guys, how's it going? Good.
6: Good. Just making sure you guys know I don't only call in after wins. Uh, I tried to get through a few times the last couple games, but wasn't able to. So I got on late. Um, Just making sure, um, as far as Nurse goes, a couple things. But first of all, with Nurse, like Berkey made a comment today that, you know, one of the key points for Edmonton is going to be to re-sign homegrown guys and that kind of thing. And I get that. Is he an $8 million hockey player?
1: Not, my, not in my mind. That yeah, seems like an awful lot of money. It seems like a ton of money. Yeah. That's almost as much as Leon makes.
6: To me, that's making a second mistake off the first one. The first mistake is the organization doesn't have enough homegrown guys. Sure. That's one mistake. But you don't rectify that or correct that by overpaying someone for the sake of it. That's my view on it. So, you know, he's a good player. I like him. To me, he hasn't taken the next step, though. Like, to me, he's plateaued. I'm not trying to rip him, but am I am I off on that?
1: Well, this might be who he is. Uh, I mean, he skates right. well. Uh, I mean, he, he he had a good season point-wise last year. I don't think he's ever going to be a first power play guy. He may never be the second power play guy.
2: Well, no, because eventually they got this Bouchard kid coming yeah. up. So, I mean, he to me, he's going to be a second-pairing, shutdown-type defenseman and that can transport the puck. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, and plays a little little nasty. No, I, I, there's uh, certainly a role, and he plays a very important role on this other team. But when <laughs> I heard Bob say 8000000 million, I'm like, yeah, that's, uh, that no, seems that's like perfect. an awful lot of money.
6: The second thing I was going to say here is, as far as the habits and stuff, and I get what you're talking about, Ronnie, as far as these two guys with Derek Seidel and McDavid, they need to do things. I just, I'm i starting to hear in the lingo, though, a little bit. Like It's been two of the last four games. I'm starting to hear the lingo after the game about swapping on pucks and things. And I think sometimes coaches address their best. He, he seems to be addressing those guys a little bit in the media, which is fine. He's a smart guy. But I mean, and I'm not trying to get off on a tangent here, but it doesn't matter, like you don't mess with your top third of anything. You don't mess with your top third vegetables in your garden. You, you plant better, you know, fortify it with better existing veg or other vegetables. You don't mess the top third of your sales staff. Um, you find better salespeople to come into the bottom two thirds. You don't mess with your top third stocks. You go get better supplemental stocks. And to me, I mean, it's not Dave Tippett's fault. It's not McDavid or, or Drysidle's fault that the bottom two thirds aren't there. I just hope they don't start monkeying with these guys' games too much and start trying to turn them into something they're not. Because we saw that experiment in Toronto with some of those guys, and they're just they're playing free right now. I I just really hope that there's not a trend here where we're going to start trying to change McDavid and Drysidle to counter. What
1: doesn't exist in the rest of
2: the roster. All right, thank you, Kemp. You'll never see any coach try and change Leon and Connor and stop them from being what they are.
1: Well, oh, offensively, nope. I mean, you always want them to. Well, they're always going to play eat, as well as they can. And, and no,
2: no, and no player has ever reached its peak. No player. They're always can get better. Well, cross you, you did. Well, but my peak was a lot lower. <laughs> <laughs> it was very easy to climb to my peak. It was. That's well, not what I meant. It wasn't a mountain. It was a I hill. Meant you had a brilliant, glorious peak, shining. <laughs> no, it was a very small the peak. the way.
1: It was like a little speed bump. That was my uh, peak. It was easy. But, to but I mean, to. Cam's right. I mean, the 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 problem with the Oilers is not Leon and Connor. They're no. not. They're not perfect. But that's not why the team missed the playoffs last year. No. Or is in a in a slump now. They don't. Nope. They. You know, like the the Maple Leafs third line won them the game on Saturday. Mm-hmm.
2: They were as fantastic. The OAB, yeah. As
1: an Oilers, nope. Oilers depth players have got big goals this year. A few, you know, Granlund, couple, Kara, but I don't think an Oilers depth line, unless you count penalty killing, I guess. But in terms of chipping in offensively, the Oilers depth players have not.
2: What 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 line is McEachran on? Uh, he was on the fourth tonight. So a fourth line guy for the so St. He was Louis. Out there was, with O'Reilly. Well, he he, he came off the players, bench though. So, yeah, but so a fourth line guy scored the game winning goal. Yeah, no the, the the Oilers' problems are not in their top five or six players.
1: All right, let's go back to St. Louis. Here's Ryan Nugent-Hopkins. But is it
4: a little bit more disappointing when Miko has kind of night that he had in in between the pipes? Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean it was really solid for us uh, the whole sixty. Um, a lot of penalty trouble, and uh, he made some massive saves on the PK to keep us in it. and... Uh, again, we uh we were right in there to the to the very end and uh i mean couldn't uh, find one at the very end or... what, what in your opinion what was the difference in tonight 's game well i mean i th- I thought they got momentum from their power plays. uh <clears throat> we got some momentum from ours too, and then we started taking uh, a few back to back and and then they got their momentum and um, I mean that 's a team who once they start rolling they they get going so uh I thought overall we did uh a pretty good job, I thought. Uh, um, keeping them to the outside for the most part, but like I said, Miko made some big saves, and uh, uh, we just uh, couldn't find that extra one. In terms of consistent pressure, is that one of the most balanced attacks in the league? Yeah, I mean uh, they have. I got uh, good goalie, good D men, uh, and they just play uh, from the back end up. And uh, I mean, I thought tonight we, we fought hard, and uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's just uh, disappointing right now. Ryan, how tough, in your opinion, was
1: Allen for you guys tonight? Was he a little bit lucky, or was he just that good for you guys
4: tonight? um, No, I mean, uh, he played solid, too. Uh, Both goalies were, were on their game tonight, for sure. I mean, he made some big saves at... Uh, kept them up by a goal or two, and um, Emiko kept us in the fight. So uh, can't ask more from uh, from the goalie there. And um, we found a way to crack him at the very end, but it took all of us to uh, get him all the way out of the net to score him.
5: Your power play has been really effective in the last eight games or so. Uh, 0 for five
1: tonight. Anything in particular you thought?
4: Um, I think when <clears throat> when uh, we're not scoring, when plays aren't there, we just got to keep it a little simpler and put pucks on net and that's that is the mindset we had um they, they pressure pretty hard but uh i think uh, when things don't go our way to the first couple power plays i think just simplify things put pucks on end and create chaos out of that that's quite the finish there though hey with the uh challenge and then the the opportunity that follows with the power play yeah lots of uh lots of looks there um if we if we tie that up, I mean, obviously it's, uh, I mean, we're not too disappointed in our game overall tonight. But, I mean, like I said, a lot of penalties, we hung in there the whole way. And uh, if we tie that uh, up late, I mean, it's a whole different story.
1: All right, that's the Nuge. The Oilers lose 2-1 to the St. Louis Blues. It was Shen and McEachern scoring for St. Louis. Neil got a late one for Edmonton that made it interesting. We'll take a quick timeout. It's 10:17 overtime open line presented by Heartland Ford. Final score in St. Louis, Blues 2, Oilers 1, Koskinen, excellent. Penalty kill, excellent. Rest of the game, not excellent. And the Blues have won four in a row. The Oilers just uh, one win in their last six. Tony on line two. Go ahead, Tony. Hey, boys. How's it going? Wonderful.
8: Um, I got a question for Rob. So with this whole Taylor Hall thing, you know, done and dusted, and I knew Edmonton wouldn't have a shot to get him. What are the chances that we go off to title after uh, Los Angeles King's Tyler to now? He's a lot cheaper. We can probably get him with, you know, a Sam Gagne and a decent pick, or maybe even well, a... You draft, think we could prospect.
2: trade... Wait, whoa, whoa, you think we could trade Sam Gagne for something? Uh,
8: him and uh, him and either a draft pick or a prospect.
1: Okay, you got to remember something here, Tony, and I'm going to say this for everybody, that... Mentions, You know, I, I read a lot of stuff. We'll trade Sam Gagne as part of a Taylor Hall deal. Like, if it's a throw-in, don't mention it. Like, that. Like, Sam Gagne is busting his butt. He still has strengths. But, he, like, he was in the minors most of last year. He was in the minors... Part of this this year. year, like he is not something that makes a trade more appealing to another team.
2: Any, well, anyone could have had
1: unless him unless they're trying to get above the cap yeah. floor or something. Yeah, so that's the, so don't start don't start the trade idea with Gagne because that's start the, it with something that another team would want. Now go ahead with your pitch for Toffoli. No, I no, I just
8: I just want it. No, I'm like I'm not saying like I'm not saying like trade Gagne. Like trade it, you know. Just try to make the you know try to make a deal that you know, wouldn't, that would benefit both the Kings and us. Like, I'm not saying, oh, get rid of Gagne because he's back. Because honestly, he's been really solid for us. I'm just saying, like, what would, what would we have to give up or what would we have to give to maybe get a guy like, like Toffoli for our team for depth?
2: Well, I have, I mean, I have no idea what Toffoli's contract situation is. Yeah, uh, he's 3 done. Point something million.
1: But he's, he's a UFA. He's an right?
2: unrestricted free agent. Coming up. I mean, you're, you're not going to both- get, again, you're not going to give much up for an unrestricted free agent if you're the Edmonton Oilers. The Edmonton Oilers are not a Stanley Cup caliber hockey club right now. So why mortgage the future for a chance to make it to the playoffs? This isn't the Oilers' year. So no, you don't give anything up for an unrestricted free agent unless it's a third-round pick or something along those lines. You don't give up a prospect.
4: All right, let's go back to St. Louis. Here's Adam Larson. Loss is disappointing, but when Mikko Koskinen plays the way he did in that crease, it's a little extra disappointing when, when you drop a game like that.
5: Uh, yeah, I mean, this was a great hockey match. Uh, I thought we played a played a good game. Uh, obviously, Miko was really good in that. Uh, we had some great opportunities too, and we didn't find in it till late. So it's kind of a, kind of the story of the game.
4: It's a game that could have gone either way. Both teams were getting power play opportunities. Both teams were getting sustained pressure. It's just
5: a matter of them getting one more
4: wasn't
5: it yeah um, I mean it's crazy even in the end we the game is right there for us too so it's um, it's just one little break um, seems to cost us but um, now we're just gonna head home and have a couple games at home and f- finish strong before Christmas that's our should be our mindset
4: quite the roller coaster, especially with the end as well, with the uh, challenge and then the goal standing and then the power play that kind of followed up, just maybe take us to the emotions of that.
5: Yeah, yeah, that was, um, uh, but I think our group was pretty confident that was going to be a goal. Um, and it turned out positive for us. It was, um, that was, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we didn't have the luck in the end or we didn't find a net, so we lost.
1: That is Adam Larson as the Oilers lose 2-1 to the Blues. Uh, Larson, looking like he's getting his game back, plays nineteen forty-nine tonight. Blocks two shots. He is even. Clefbaum plays twenty-six oh-two to lead all the Oilers. McDavid played 22-19. Drysaddle played twenty-three forty-one, 41 Had uh, eight shots on goal, one blocked, and the one missed shot. That would be the goalpost late in the game. Didn't?
2: Didn't Clefbaum play over 30 minutes in Dallas?
1: Yes, he did. So he played. Oh, wait, I think he so was. he played almost 60 minutes in his last yeah, two hockey games 60 on the minutes. road. That's that's pretty good for the Blues. Uh, Petrangelo plays 2601. O'Reilly plays 2328. He's a good hockey played player. a lot tonight. He took 24 faceoffs, won 14 of them. The Oilers actually had the faceoff edge tonight slightly, 51 percent. But uh, O'Reilly. Uh, Well, Nuge went 7 for 12. Connor went 4 for 7. Dreisaitl took the most. He took 22, won uh, 11 of them. Both goaltenders excellent. Allen making uh, 35 saves. Koskinen makes 42. If you missed it earlier, Koskinen makes 76 saves on 79 shots in his last two games. Pittsburgh is up next. Friday night, 5.30 face-off show game at 7 here on two quick questions for you, Rob. Who would you start in net? And what do you think Tippett will do with the uh, Lions for the start of the game? I think
2: Connor will be back playing with Leon. I think over the last two games, they did not create anything, the three lines with the three different centermen. And I go with uh, Koskinen plays on Saturday against the Montreal Canadiens and you put Smith in I put the Smith in against the Penguins. I mean, Smith has not played well since the last time he played the Penguins, so hopefully he feels a little bit more magic on Friday night against the Penguins. You can't play Koskinen back-to-back. Give him the Montreal game.
1: And get more on 630ched.com, globalnews.ca. Final score, St. Louis Blues 2, Edmonton Oilers 1. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I will have inside sports from 6 to 8. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. Oilers Hockey is presented by World of Spas. Overtime Open Line is presented by Heartland Ford. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thank you for listening. Have a great night.
0: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.